A federal advisory committee is recommending Congress give a small office at the National Archives and Records Administration the authority to issue binding decisions over Freedom of Information Act requests. Proponents of the recommendation say it'll help improve FOIA at a time when public records request backlogs and denials are on the rise. But the idea also faces pushback, including from the office's own director. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday has more. With just 10 employees and an annual budget of less than $2 million, the Office of Government Information Services, or OGIS, is charged with mediating disputes between the public and agencies over FOIA requests. Last year, OGIS handled approximately 4,200 requests for assistance. The office describes itself as a resource for information and assistance about the FOIA process in its role as the federal FOIA ombudsman. But the FOIA Advisory Committee is recommending Congress significantly increase the powers and budgets of the small office. The committee's latest annual report recommends giving OGIS authority to issue binding decisions that compel agencies to release records. David Coulier is associate professor at the University of Arizona's School of Journalism and a member of the FOIA Advisory Committee. He helped lead a reimagining OGIS study that led to the recommendations. The more and more I've researched and looked into this at the state level, local level, federal, other countries, it's clear if you don't have an enforcement mechanism that's independent, that's effective, that's free to people, then it just doesn't work. The reimagining OGIS study found that about 80 countries and more than two dozen U.S. states have independent mechanisms for adjudicating public records disputes outside of the court system. The advisory committee specifically recommends Congress model OGIS after Pennsylvania's Office of Open Records. That office was established in 2008 as part of the state's reforms to its right-to-know law. Terry Mutchler is an attorney who served as the Office of Open Records' first executive director. She helped contribute to the reimagining OGIS study. What the Office of Open Records and the Pennsylvania model has done is it has cleared the forest, has created a path, and has leveled the playing field, at least in the initial stages, for citizens to have greater ease at accessing the records that they own. In Pennsylvania, you can file a complaint with the Office of Open Records within 15 business days of being denied a records request. If mediation can't settle the matter, then a complaint officer can issue a binding decision on whether or not to release the records. The office makes most decisions within 30 days, with the rest taking upwards of 60, according to the reimagining OGIS study. The office's conclusions can still be challenged in court, The study found that happens with about 3% of its decisions. Coulier says instituting that kind of model at the federal level could help ensure many FOIA disputes don't end up in costly and lengthy court battles. FOIA litigation cost agencies more than $38 million last year. There's a big chunk of these cases that are a waste of time that could be handled much cheaper, much faster through other ways. They shouldn't be bogging down the courts. You have this huge, massive chunk of disputes and denials where requesters just walk away because they're average people who can't hire an attorney to challenge it. The advisory committee's report also recommends Congress give OGIS the ability to review agency records in their entirety when they're the subject of a dispute. Currently, agencies don't have to show OGIS unredacted records. The committee is additionally recommending Congress increase OGIS's funding and create a direct line-item budget for the agency. 
Proponents acknowledge that OGIS can't solve all federal FOIA issues. Agencies chronically underfund their FOIA offices despite increasing backlogs, and officials are also struggling to sort through increasingly high volumes of electronic data. But Adam Marshall, a senior staff attorney at the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press, says having a stronger enforcement function could force agencies to improve support for their FOIA programs. If government agencies are required to justify and defend their actions under FOIA to a third party, then I do think that that could have a systemic effect and potentially improve the process for everyone. There's some, I, I think, truth to in FOIA to the, the adage that, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And a lot of times it's just continuing to hammer on one issue until people start paying attention to it. But the call to revamp OGIS's authorities is far from unanimous. The FOIA Advisory Committee approved the OGIS Binding Decision Authority recommendation 12 to 3 with members from the FBI, the Department of Commerce, and the EPA, respectively, voting against the proposal. OGIS Director Alina Simo, who also serves as chairwoman of the advisory committee, abstained from voting on the recommendation. But the office provided official feedback to the reimagining OGIS study, raising concerns that the proposal would, quote, erode the trust and safe space for vital conversations that OGIS has built over the years with both requesters and agencies. And during OGIS's meeting on June 29th, Simo further outlined her concerns with the recommendations. My immediate answer is no. I don't believe that we need reimagining. Several of the recommendations intended to reimagine OGIS are of concern to us. These recommendations would erode and significantly shift away from our role as the FOIA ombudsman that we've staked out for the last 12 or so years. It would turn us into an enforcer and an adjudicator, which we have not been up until now. CIMO does support further study of the recommendations, but Terry Mutchler, the former leader at Pennsylvania's Office of Open Records, says OGIS should position itself as being on the side of requesters. I know it's very difficult to stand up to your fellow government lawyers. I get it. I did it. My whole staff did it. It's uncomfortable. But... You just have to keep the lines clear as to what and who you're fighting for. To the citizen, you're the champion. To the agency lawyer, you're a thorn in their side. But the advisory committee's final report acknowledges that there are still open questions around how binding decision authority at OGIS would work in practice. For instance, should requesters be forced to file a complaint with OGIS before moving on to litigation? And if an agency decides to dispute an OGIS decision in court... Would the requester be forced to organize their own defense? To grapple with those questions and others, the committee's final report includes a unanimous recommendation for the National Archivist to commission a feasibility study of the OGIS proposals. The ideas are also likely to come up for further discussion when the next two-year term of the advisory committee begins this September. Coulier acknowledges the reimagining OGIS ideas could use further study but he hopes that members of Congress will take them under consideration in the not-too-distant future. These things take time. I suspect we want to continue to flesh this out so that when someone does get interested in grabbing this and running with it, they have the best information available. For Federal News Network, I'm Justin Doubleday. And you can read more in Justin's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. 
Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Ladies and gentlemen, we need you. The Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks is looking for you to help support veterans, help with youth scholarships, and be a force in your community. Being a member of the Elks is where you can do all this and much more. We are 31 lodges strong across the state of Iowa. Help pass on our principles of charity, justice, brotherly love, and fidelity. If interested, go to elks.org and use the lodge locator to find a lodge near you. Elks care. Elks share. Brought to you by the Iowa Elks Association.